104.7 The Cave, KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. Broadcasting pure classic rock from the Just One More studio in beautiful Midtown Springfield. It's Ned Talk, your local live sports show. Sports Talk for imbeciles. I hate that show. Now, here's Ned. That's right. We get to take over the radio for a little bit right now. Do some sports talk, Ned Talk. I'm 104.7 The Cave. I'm Joe Weston, joined in the studio or the cave compound with sports roused about Ned Reynolds. Ned, how are you doing on this Monday? Beautiful day in the Ozarks. Thunderstorms to the west. No baseball, at least on a couple of fronts tonight. Otherwise, beautiful day. And Stormy's with us in your Drury attire, getting set for... Possible basketball season. Possible. Yeah. yeah, I'm ready for the ladies to start back up. Well, ready for the guys too. We'll see what happens. A good little bit of that to talk about here on the show. Yeah, that's so. the, and that's a bit of a problem too, Joe. That you may or may not be aware of is the Great Lakes Valley Conference did come down with a mandate today, canceling, not postponing. Well, that's that's not exactly correct, but moving all of fall sports to late winter and early spring, and that included football. Wow. Now, how they're going to do that, and they say, well, Drury doesn't play football. No, but Southwest Baptist does, yes. and Missouri S&T does. Yes. In the, and I'll tell you, Truman State and Jewel and mm-hmm. people like that. So they won't have fall football this year. None. And how that's going to impact the sports scene is extremely interesting. Now, when you, when you have moved all fall sports up to the end of the fall semester, which is December the 18th. That does include basketball. So yes, we'll see what that does with the basketball season. This is really dicey. And as of right now, the GLVC has said they're going to come down with a decision, I believe it's on October the 1st, when it comes to men's and women's basketball for that conference. So we'll have to see what they end up saying as well. Just absolutely crazy what we're going through. I think we got a, a, a good, swift reminder how fragile all this stuff is today. With the story about the Florida Marlins, Ned, you let everybody know about that. What's going well, on? Well, yeah, and this is most unfortunate. It all boiled down to a situation that occurred yesterday prior to their game with the Phillies. They knew that some of the players had tested positive. I think it was three of them. Mm-hmm. Well, the Marlins got together. Keep in mind now, the Marlins are among the youngest teams in all of Major League Baseball. They're a bunch of kids, and their farm system is obviously a bunch of kids as well. Well, they got together and they said, well, we've had three players in the past couple of days test positive. Should we play the game? And the overwhelming decision was yes. So what happened today? Oh, boy. Let's see. It's 11 players who have tested positive. Oh, my gosh. So that's eight more. Eight more players tested positive. Now, keep in mind that a lot of these guys are asymptomatic, but that doesn't matter. You're still contagious when you're asymptomatic. And this obviously presents a spread. Now, I've been reading some stories from the reporters in Florida who, who seem to think that because of the youth of this team, that some of these young guys, and we're talking about guys who are 19, 20, 21, uh, got involved with perhaps, perhaps the uh, social scene in Miami mm-hmm. and uh, may, have, may have been infected down there. Because my, the state of Florida has a, just an overwhelming number of COVID-19 cases. But regardless of that, the Marlins said, we're not playing today. They, well, they can't. They can't play. Right. 
So that game with the Baltimore Orioles, which was their home opener, has been postponed. And in addition, the Philadelphia Phillies-New York Yankees game was postponed. Why? Because the Yankees were coming to Philadelphia and would have occupied the same dugout and the same clubhouse as the Marlins had, and it had not been cleaned and disinfected. You have to do that. So I would think that tomorrow night's game, which I don't know how they're going to reschedule this, is a twilight night doubleheader perhaps or something of that nature uh, for both teams. But the uh, disinfecting uh, procedure will be... Uh, Major League Baseball with a doubleheader? How long has it been since we've seen a good one of those? <laughs> well, the day nights we have. I know, I know. Let me ask you this question. Did They made that decision to play on their own. Did they let the Phillies know of the situation that was going on with More them? More than likely not. Because wow. that's a private decision. Wow. I, but now, Joe, I don't know that as a fact. And it also would come down to what the players have signed release-wise. You know, for HIPAA, if the, they don't have any kind of something working under the contract saying, okay, we can release this if this happens under HIPAA laws, they can't necessarily. But couldn't they just come out and say, we've got some players that have tested positive? Well, no, 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 we, no, no. Don't get me wrong. They may have done yeah, that. Yeah, may have yeah. done that. So the Phillies, the Phillies were probably aware of, of the positive test, yes. But it's three guys, and you're playing baseball, so the social distancing really takes, play, uh, takes care of itself out on the field. Uh, so I would think they said, if if in fact they were even consulted, they probably mm-hmm. said yes. Huh. Well, I think that just, again, goes to show how fragile all of this is, that just a couple of boneheads. Well, you brought that up several shut, weeks ago. Yeah, could really shut down the sport because you think about it for a second and you think if this is a widespread thing with the Marlins and maybe they don't have enough players to field a team at some point. What do they do? Well, no, what, no, what do they do then? No, they will have the players yes. because that's why they have the taxi squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this taxi squad that the Marlins have is even younger, younger. <laughs> than the players, the varsity players out on the field. Going to look and like an episode of the Little Rascals They have there. Uh, a couple of their uh, recent draft picks, just like the uh, Springfield Cardinals yep. do. And they're talented players, but come on, are they ready for Major League Baseball? Probably. No, well, not probably. They certainly are not. But let's see how that runs out. What does bother me, and I must admit to you, I have uh, very strong feelings about this, is the media immediately saying the season is in jeopardy. The sky is falling, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I I despise that level of reporting. And, And you're seeing it with this circumstance now. Now, it could be that if there is a mass outbreak of coronavirus, yes, those things would happen. But this is not it. This is a team. Let's see yes. what happens. Well, I, I think you've got to almost take that look at it in some ways because, <clears throat> again, we did talk about this, that it doesn't take very much to cause the sport to shut completely down again. No, no, no Joe, you're you, not understanding what I'm talking about. I'm well, saying that, yes. Yeah. But, the, but to use your opinion in writing stories mm-hmm. like this and to throw that in as a it doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Right about the facts. Yeah, exactly. there's no need to I agree with you on that. One hundred. Stick with the facts and don't sensationalize it. Just just for a big headline. That's that's I think what's Ned getting to, and I agree with that completely. I, we've had too much of that, and it's oh. done a lot of damage with that oh. side of it too. Just the good old fire, the W's. You know, who, what, when, where, why, and just just do some good old fashioned journalistic reporting. And Stormy, that doesn't exist anymore. Well, we can try. We can try. <laughs> we can we can always hope. Just keep swimming. Hope. Just keep swimming. Anyway, did Upstream? you? I think we are in <laughs> yeah, this one. We're, we're trying to spawn. Without a paddle. Um, did you uh, watch any baseball over the weekend? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, I have the, saw the Cardinals, saw the Royals, Royals and the Cleveland Indians. In fact, 
Cleveland is a little bit upset about Saturday's game, which they lost because they lost it under the new rule in which the Royals could start a runner on second base in the extra inning, and that runner scored. (laughs) The Indians are extremely upset at all this. But, hey, that's the rule. Whether or not that exists in 2021, I don't know. The designated hitter, in my opinion, will be in the 2021 season because I think that is going to be a part of baseball. The runner on second base, that may be a bone being thrown to the uh, Players Association for future contract negotiations. There, there are just so many variables involved in that, but uh, that and the expanded rosters and the pitchers, the relief pitchers throwing to three batters, hey, these are all rules that are going to be coming to, into play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that three-batter rule, I heard a lot of talk about that this week because it's a little bit complicated that if you finish an inning, you don't have to come back out and pitch to another two or three batters or whatever it is at that point. Mm-hmm. You can be done, but the pitcher that starts the next inning does have to pitch to three batters. Correct. Yes. So it adds another layer of strategy to the game that I actually like. I like three, that. Three is not the place to be in this game. <laughs> <laughs> So what did you think of the play that you saw? What did you think of, uh, first of all, the piped-in fan sounds? We talked a little bit about that last week. I'm not, I'm not offended by it, but I'm not a fan of it either. Uh, it, 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 I assume, adds some ambiance to the players on the field. It does to the broadcast to some extent. Uh, at Fox, the folks at Fox, talked about a new gimmick they were coming up with, and I did see it. It was on the Cubs and the Brewers, I believe. Uh, but whatever it was, they had the what they call the beauty camera. <laughs> beauty? This is, well, so it wasn't on Euchre. <laughs> no, this is, this is a, a technique. Te- yeah, I get it right. A technical term in television that you use for the camera that's mounted permanently that takes the full arena shot. Yes. It's called a beauty or hero camera. And uh, in this case, they had it mounted in the press box at Wrigley Field. And they were able somehow to put crowds in the stands. They did it with some kind of a a computer gimmick of some sort, but it was only the one camera. When you went down into the field cameras of the action, then obviously the stands were empty. That's a little bit of CGI action. But indeed, to see that and to see them use that technique, and they just used it a second ago on this other game that we're watching here, uh, it it does add something to the game. But as far as the piped-in noise... Does it, I mean, does it really add something to the game? I mean, we're not stupid. I know nobody's there. So if they pull back and they show a crowd, I'm like, there's nobody there. It's, okay, it, it, it doesn't bother me that there's not a crowd there. Why do they feel compelled to do all this garbage? Because this is the first time it's ever happened, and they really don't know what techniques to follow. This is, guys, we've talked about this before. This is uncharted waters. We don't know where we are. There is no formula to follow for anything for televising sports, mm-hmm. for uh, operating our lives, for sitting back and doing nothing, which I absolutely decry. Hey, you've got to learn to adjust, and yep. that's what we're doing uh, under this pandemic. What was the, the last time we had a pandemic was over 100 years ago, and hopefully we'll no, not have another one for 100 years. Exactly. No, I, I kind of like it, and like we talked about last week, I like it for the sake of the players it is uh, and crowd noise is something they're used to during games, and so it just it kind of levels things for them psychologically. The and like but like you said, the beauty shot with the camera I think is is more for hey can we do this? How would this look? And I kind of like it when I saw the shots of it and some of the highlights. I was like, well, you know that that makes me feel a little <laughs> bit better to to see that. I know it's not real. I don't care, but you know it still it still makes it seem a little more 
back home welcome uh, to baseball. Now, I so did, I can in, like in that. the Cardinals game, I did want them to make note, and they did, of the, the these are real live people who are sitting on top of the uh, special stands that are built on top of uh, Ballpark Village. Yes. And they've sold 100 tickets for that, and the season ticket holders are the ones who get first dibs on that. Uh, and it did look as though they had a pretty good pretty good turnout mm-hmm. for a Friday's game, and I didn't see too much of Saturday's and a little bit of Sunday's. It did appear as though there were fans who took uh, took advantage of those seats. Same at Wrigley Field in Chicago. They are selling those yeah. uh, apartment uh, apartment bleachers or whatever you call them. Now, and they, with- but to be clear about that, Major League Baseball and the 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 teams are not selling. Oh no those no no, no. that's all private. Uh, that's, yeah, right. that's, that's outside that. the ballpark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's no uh, that's a free for all. <laughs> yes, pretty much just free for all. What's going on there? And, it, and considering the fact that there are no fans in the ballpark, that can be a moneymaker. Yeah, it can, well, you be, bet it can. Yeah, it can be absolutely a moneymaker with all of that happening. Did you see anything? You know, going back. I wanted to get back to this because you were talking about liking the fan noise and stuff. I I watched, of course, watched my beloved Yankees this weekend. I liked not having the fan noise because there was one point in the game where the pitcher for um, they played the Nationals this weekend, and they the the pitcher started and then he stopped, and you could hear the whole dugout yell <laughs> at once, "Buck!" <laughs> and I like being able to hear a little bit of that of the game sounds that you don't normally hear. I thought that was kind of interesting. There is too. also another circumstance. Yes, and you I hear a few you... words you probably shouldn't hear. <laughs> well, that's true. it happened in the uh, Cardinals Pirates game yesterday. Uh, in the third inning of the game. Now, admittedly, the home plate umpire, a guy I did not know, Jordan Baker, was really having a rough day. Mm. He was having difficulty personally calling the corners, and it was for both teams. It wasn't just for one. Anyway, they're obviously, both teams are obviously on his backside. All of a sudden, in the third inning, he stops the game, throws, I mean, in a huge gesture, throws somebody out. (laughs) The somebody he threw out was Derek Holland, who's sitting in the stands. He's one of the pitchers in the stands. And that's how the voice carries. I guess I got the, big, the biggest charge out of that. Because obviously, Holland from the stands, you know, they have those little umbrella-like areas where the pitchers yeah, can yeah, sit yeah. all six feet apart. He obviously said some, something that was... Not kosher. Can you imagine <laughs> Billy Martin with that kind of leeway, though? I mean, my gosh, what we would hear. You'd have, you'd have a guy on the bleep button that'd sound like a telegraph line going. <laughs> exactly. Or Earl Weaver. We'd, Weaver love to hear, we'd love to hear from you. The phone lines are open, 863-7104. If you've got a question for Ned, Stormy, or myself, we would be glad to answer it or at least attempt to. It's Ned Talk. I'm 104.7 The Cave. Will somebody answer that damn phone? The phone lines are open now for your sports questions at 417-863-1047. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Join 104.7 The Cave on Saturday, August 29th. 
for Cave Stock, a free ride, and after ride concert at the American Legion Post 639. Register for the free ride online at 1047thecave.com. Not riding, but still want to party? Let us know you're coming by registering online at 1047thecave.com. Enjoy live music from Machine Gun Symphony and City Girls on the Just One More and Shakers mobile bartending stage. Tasty food, cool drinks, and great vendors. And then the giveaway of our 2020 Cave Custom Bike. Brought to you by Air Services All Service. It's Cave Stock 2020 with Springfield's Pure Classic Rock. 104.7, The Cave. Ned is in the house. The news and everything that's happening on the local scene will follow. It's Ned Talk on 104.7, The Cave. Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, your local live sports radio talk show. Stuff going on with the NFL. Let's talk about that. News that really hurt for the Chiefs on Friday came down with the doctor saying he's not going to play this season. Your thoughts on that? Well, I I talked about it a little bit this morning, too. It doesn't surprise me because... What he did, this is uh, Laurent Duvarnay-Chardif, who is an outstanding offensive lineman. And he, he really, uh, he earned great respect from me for this decision that he made, opted out for the season. Okay. He is a physician. He worked during the pandemic on the front lines up in Canada in, I believe, an assisted living yes. care. Yes, I think that's what that's it his was. specialty. So he, he saw firsthand what the effects of this disease are and how he, in fact, could be a big help. So he opted out for the season. Also today, DeAnthony Thomas, who is a former chief with the Baltimore Ravens now, has opted out for the season, I'm sure for different reasons. But the fact that anybody who's been associated with medicine uh, in some, in whatever regard, the Ross brothers, Tyson and Joe, Tyson Ross pitched for the Cardinals a couple of years ago, and Joe Ross with the Washington Nationals, they both opted out for the year because, well, their dad's a pediatrician. And I'm sure he said, Get out, boys, get out. Don't infect yourself. All right, what does that do? Why, why did uh, Laurent Duvarnay-Tardif, why, why does he earn my respect? I'll tell you exactly why. He would have been paid this year almost $3 million for the season. He is forfeiting, he's forfeiting $2 million of that salary to do it. He gets paid $150,000. The rule in the NFL is anybody who opts out is automatically paid $150,000, and that is it. The rest of their contract, voided for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Not forever, but for the rest of the year. Uh, so he, I don't think he needs the money. He knows his career is that in medicine, mm-hmm. not in football. The football's great while it exists. He signed a $41 million contract a couple years ago. But they make this decision and forfeit his yearly check, which would be about $3 million, that says something to me about this man's devotion to his profession and his demo- uh, devotion to humanity and the fact that he is taking the Hippocratic Oath very seriously. Yeah, and he, you know, and he's going back into the field where it is probably the most dangerous in that assisted living type of situation because these are the people that are the most risk. So that, that did take a lot of guts and a lot of determination on his part to say, you know what, 
football's nice, but it's a game. I'm a doctor. I need to concentrate on the people who, who need the attention most. I like what he had to say. He said, you know, I'm giving up something that I love doing. I love playing football. It's mm-hmm. a game that I love, but I feel like I'm needed here right now, and I need to do that. So high props to that guy oh, for doing what heavens, he's doing. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Stormy's brought us up to date because well, they, they did sign. Who did they sign to uh, take his place? Kaliche Osa. Os- Osamele, I think that's easy for you to say. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's not, why I didn't try he that. He is not a rookie. He's a kid who's been around for a long time. He's from Iowa State. Uh, broke in, I believe, with the Cleveland Browns, if I remember correctly. Did play for the uh, Oakland. They were the Oakland Raiders at the time. Played for him. And he's kind of drifted around several teams. But he's big. He's about oh, 325, 330, somewhere in that vicinity. And a large human being. And obviously pretty good if he stayed in the NFL for that amount of time. Now, that doesn't mean he's necessarily necessarily the replacement for yeah. a Duvernay HRD because they have other guys in camp as well. But his presence as an NFL veteran will mean a lot. Yeah. And you were saying, you were telling us, too, that they've uh, come to agreement with several, if not all, their rookies? Yeah, all, all the draft choices have signed this week. Um, you got the round one, which was Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You got Willie Gay, Gray Jr. from the round two. Lucas Nang, who is being talked about as the dime, uh, the uh, real steal in this thing. And then Julius Sneed, Mike Dana, and Bo Pete K- Keys. I want to make sure I always get that first name right, Bo Pete. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Again, um, that's easy for you to say. That's exactly right. But, yeah, some of these guys, and like I said, Lucas Nang is the one that people are really talking about as, as the possible steal for the Chiefs in this. Um, because, you know, the first round was the running back, which – I don't know, kind of threw some people here and there off a little bit for the for the choice, but I th- I thought it was a pretty good pickup to be a backup for somebody. But he's high yeah. on it. Ned's high in that choice. Uh, Niang is a, on uh, both Edwards Hilaire and uh, uh, Niang. Niang's a kid from TCU and played against high level competition. Yes. He was particularly outstanding, although TCU did not win the game uh, play, when they played Ohio State. And Niang was outstanding, outstanding. Yes. So Laird, correct me if I'm wrong on this, and I know you will. He's uh, mainly a receiving running back, Correct. and mm-hmm. so Correct. that's why everybody's kind of excited to get him in the fold. He's uh, only about five foot seven, five foot eight, somewhere in that vicinity. Very quick, extremely quick, and extremely hard to get a hold of. But yes, he is a receiving running back. That doesn't mean he won't be handed the ball by Pat Mahomes, but he will also be a target along with you know you have Tyreek Hill and Kelsey and yeah. Watkins and all these people incidentally I was reading a, a very interesting little dialogue today on how the Chiefs were able to circumvent the uh, salary cap and signing uh, our big kid up front Chris uh, Jones and the way they did this had Pat Mahomes not put money on the table and had Sammy Watkins not reduced some of his salary from mm-hmm. $14 million to $9 million, it would not have happened because the Chiefs would not have been able to clear. That's how, that's how dicey this is, would not have been able to clear the salary cap. Yeah. Now, they've done this for this year and next year, and they've been able to, because of the way they've structured contracts and Mahomes... Mahomes, for the first two years, doesn't really affect the salary cap at all. Later on, it does. But that's just it. For the first two years, they're all right. Then the years after that, they're going to have to do some really solid working and maybe releasing of some players and things like that because it looks like, and this is just a guess, 
it looks like that salary cap going to come down, down. Yeah. way yeah. down because there are no fans in the stands this year. And if that happens, whoa, that's going to be difficult. Yeah. And any way that the owners can look, especially in football, to cut that salary cap, they will. Oh, they will. Oh, they'll they'll they will. They will. They will do that. <laughs> they will do that. that. And that will even the playing field uh, extensively in a lot of respects. Of course, there are ways around it, too, by restructuring contracts and things like that. But depending on how it comes down, well, we'll just have to wait and see how things work out. Stormy, you've done quite a bit of research. Anything else you want to share with us? Well, it's just some of the players, you know, uh, uh, like we started about with Nang, I mean, he went and went 44 games without a sack, allowing a sack. So he's a very good run blocker. They say he does need work on his pass blocking and mainly with his footwork. But with the staff Reed has, that's something that I think they'll be able to work out pretty pretty well. But um, Gray Jr., you know, is another one that – and then Edward Hilaire, who, I mean, he's, his style fits in with the Chiefs' offense very, very well. And so Reed, I think, saw that, and a lot of people, myself included, I didn't know where he was going with that first pick like that. And, boy, after doing a little research, I'm like, oh, okay, this this is why Big Red is, is the man that, that uh, Mitch Holtus told us so much about with the mathematical equations that it seems like all over the walls. And so it, it everything adds out with, with Andy that reads so well uh, once you get down to it and you start looking at the research. So all these guys really are very good picks and uh, have a lot of potential with the team. And some of them who are kind of still a little iffy here may be something that's uh, trade-worthy for, for something better down the road, saying you've got a guy we need in our system. This guy will work better for your system. We can do a swap in there. They'll so the picks were do, very good. They'll have to do quite a bit of uh, jury rigging with their team uh, because of those circumstances, the salary. And there will be some guys who you like who are going to be cut this no, year. They will they'll have to. But, but that's part of the nature of pro football. That does happen. I think the bottom line desire for all of us is that there is a pro football season. Yes, absolutely. And absolutely. in a surprise to me, the, the overall analysts uh, gave the Chiefs, who usually are like to take the Chiefs and the Cowboys and some of these other quote-unquote teams that aren't in the bigger, bigger cities and say, yeah, we're not so good. They actually gave them a B-plus in their overall grading of how they did the, the draft. So I thought that was a positive thing for the Chiefs. Real quickly, the other big, sort of big news story, something that we've covered quite a bit on this show, was uh, Washington is now the Washington football club or team. Football team. And that happened fairly quickly, but they still have not come up with a uh, with a new nickname. And uh, I don't – have you heard anything? No, and they um, really can't, Joe, probably until the end of the year because there's so much branding and – all of the circumstances involving oh, material that's out there and, hey, you name it, everything involved. It's going to take so much time to come up with this. The name, the name change will probably, I think the one that's the leading candidate right now is the Warriors, which would be fine. I'd be probably yeah. with that at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, if that were to happen, I, they, would have to get, they would have to get the name change in place sometime, obviously, by the end of the season, so that it can all be worked on in the offseason. Did you see the yeah. uh, the hockey team, the big reveal on the Seattle hockey team? I thought that was a pretty clever name. It, it is. The Kraken, yeah. they are a, mm-hmm. uh, an, it's a mythical, <coughs> excuse me, a mythical, <coughs> excuse Myth- me. Mythical sea mythical beast. Mythical sea beast is what it is. It's an octopus type character. But uh, it's it's pretty clever. The Release Kraken. the Kraken. Yes, yes. So. comes the Kraken. Ned has he to get checked by a Kraken. 
Ned has to get the Kraken out of his throat. <laughs> That's what it is. We're looking for phone calls. If you've got a question you'd like to ask us, 863-7104. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. The phone lines are open now for your sports questions at 417-863-1047. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Ned, did you know this week is the 40th anniversary of the release of one of the all-time great classic rock records? Did you know that? Yes, I, but I failed to bring it out. I was testing you guys to see if <laughs> I No, I don't know. Ned is in the studio with his ACDC t-shirt on, back in black, and he's got a he's got a Bon Iver tattoo on his shoulder that fans can't see through the TV. But if you know Ned really well, you know that he's uh, he's a huge ACDC fan. <laughs> yes, he is. So how's COVID-19 affecting all the Ned's? He's gone. Who is and it? hey, it's also Bugs Bunny's birthday. So, you know, if we're going to go to this completely irrelevant Bunny, for five I seconds. Know. I do know Bugs Bunny. Yeah. He's actually older than you, so. Really? 80. He is. He's got me beat by a year or so. Okay. Well, let's, let's get back to normalcy, or as, mo- as close as we get to normalcy. I was going to say, yeah. What, uh, tell us how this all this is breaking out for local sports. Well, the uh, Great, uh, Great Lakes Valley Conference, of which Drury is a member, made the announcement today that all all fall sports are scrubbed, all of them. Mm-hmm. So there were, that includes football. The Great Lakes Valley Conference does have football. Of course, Drury does not play football, so obviously they're not, they're not involved. But Southwest Baptist does. Missouri S&T does, Lindenwood, Truman State, William Jewell, Quincy, Indianapolis, schools like this are all, they will not have football. They won't have it. And they're pretty good Division II programs, too. They annually make the D2 playoffs. In fact, Southwest Baptist made it a couple years ago. All right, fact is that all fall sports are canceled. What does that do when they say all fall sports? When does the fall semester end? Well, it ends in the second week in December. Wait a minute. When do you begin your basketball season? Well, you begin it in November. So the basketball season will be directly impacted for Drury locally and obviously mm-hmm. for SBU and Jewel and some of these other schools, not some, all of these other schools, uh, in, a, in a readjustment fashion. Now, what the Great Lakes Valley Conference says, what the, the fall sports will be moved to the spring, in the spring of the season. I don't know how they're going to do that, but apparently they'll rearrange the schedule somehow to where the, the months will be such that you can play football. I assume that will be the case. All right, that's Great Lakes Valley Conference. What about the Missouri Valley Conference? Well, they made an announcement today that fall sports, all the fall sports are being pushed back until September the 18th. Practice can begin in mid-August, but the competition itself is September 18th, and that will include probably only conference members. What about the football Bears? Well, keep in mind, the Missouri Valley Conference and the Missouri Valley Football Conference are different organizations. The football presidents, the presidents of those colleges, and they are different, uh, have said, now we'll leave things status quo as of now, but if there's a very serious outbreak from here on in, then we'll have to make other decisions as well. So the Bears game with OU, Oklahoma, is still on for August the 29th. Now, what about some of the other schools? 
Well, Northern Iowa was to have played Iowa. That game's off because the Big Ten Conference has already said they're not playing any non-conference games. North Dakota State, the eight-time, eight-time national champions were to have played Oregon. I'm sorry for Oregon. I really am. They don't know what they got themselves into. <laughs> no, they but didn't. the game's but the not going to be played. It's not going to be played because the Pac-12 has also eliminated all non-conference games. That also scrubbed a game that was made, well, I say made. It was scheduled for television very early, I think September 5th, if I'm not mistaken. Alabama Southern Cal. Yes. Off. Not going to be played. We talked last week about a couple of conferences just scrubbing the football season. Have any more joined or any more said that they're pushing back? Or? The, yes, of course, Great Lakes Valley is D2. The Pennsylvania Athletic Conference is also D2. They scrubbed the uh, football season. The others were the Patriot League, and that surprised me a little bit. The Patriot League is FCS. That's the uh, Bears division. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into a, a little supplemental aspect of that but that is holy cross lehigh they're the two main schools who have done well uh, in that league lafayette lehigh they've all been in there and all been in the playoffs and so forth but that's out and they're not going to have football this year so that is an fcs league so is the MEAC, and the MEAC is Hampton and North Carolina A&T. A&T is a very good program. Mm-hmm. And uh, South Carolina State and schools of that caliber, uh, Bethune-Cookman is in the MEAC. They have scrubbed their football season as well. But after this, no, there have been none. Still awaiting on word for some of the D1 conferences and how they're going to readjust. And Missouri Valley Conference will have to wait and see just how, exactly how that's going to be readjusted as well, if, in fact, it is and some of the games will have to be replaced. Wow. It's just amazing how many things are just – these things are all, I'm just speechless almost here. These things are so meticulously planned. College football, college basketball, professional sports, and now everybody's on a day-to-day schedule with all this stuff. I cannot yeah. imagine what that means to athletic directors, the team managers, the people that have to plan these events. Just and how'd you like to be the first decision-maker that kicks over that, that line of dominoes? I mean, really, yeah. I mean, who's going to start making decisions? You're overlooking the big stuff. factor involved, and that is for the schools, the financial yeah. aspect of it. Oh, yes. Oh, it's oh, yeah. huge. huge. Yeah. And for the towns, we, we pointed this out last week, the one town that really it, it is just kind of heartbreaking in a way is Green Bay, Wisconsin. They have the Green Bay Packers, of course, but they also had a major date scheduled for October. Wisconsin versus Notre Dame yes. in Green Bay right. at Lambeau Field. You were going to have 82, 83,000 people. Going to be a heck of a game. Uh, would have been, yeah, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. And that's a shame. That is a real shame. But, yeah, there's been a major impact. It's just, it, it's mind-boggling. Like I said, just the logistics of everything that's going on. And we talk about how the scheduling is so meticulously mm-hmm. planned for these guys. And then everything's thrown up at the air and thrown to the wind because you're just there, you know, like I said, day-to-day with everything. But, well, there's, yeah. there's no formula to follow. If there yeah. were a formula, a game plan, if we'd been through this before and the situation had existed, God forbid, uh, there might have been some formula to follow, some outline, but there isn't any. What do you do? Well, you <laughs> you make decisions, and then you have the beloved media second-guess you every oh, single damn time, honestly. I'm, 
What's the uh, what's what's the situation with public schools around here? What have they've decided to do? I don't think anything yet. Nothing uh, new yet. The the I know sure. the Missouri State High School Activities Association is still planning on having a football season and starting it on time, which I think is August twenty eighth, if I'm not mistaken, for their first game. And there are some great first games. Joplin and Webb City will be oh my gosh. absolute nice. dandy. That's a season opener. Uh, but uh, over and above all of that, there's some. The, the whole season, the whole season right now is planned. But again, that's up now. That's up July the 27th. But it's one month from now that they kick it off. Yeah. That is, it was, it's just amazing. I know public school announced last week that they're giving kids the option of schooling from home. They can also attend, but they're going to attend, I believe it's two days, and then two days they do home learning, and then there's one day in the middle of the week that they're doing a deep cleaning. And I just can't imagine how that affects sports in and of itself, too. Well, you have to take all students. This is my look on things. You have to take all students into consideration. And what number of students don't have computers at home? You can't take it online. They don't know what's going on. Uh, Is that fair? No, I don't think it is. Well, I know the public school system has been working with a lot of people to help them with those things. My niece is mm-hmm. a teacher in the public school system, and she works with a lot of low-income families, kids that are behind, and they give those kids computers and work with them on making sure that they're connected in some way, shape, or form with school. But then again, it's up to the parent you know, to yes. make sure that the kids actually get involved and do this stuff. So we'd love to hear from you. We've got our phone lines open at 863-7104. We are Ned Talk, your local live sports show right here on 104.7 The Cave. Ned is in the house. Technology, huh? Three steps forward, four steps back. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, your local live sports radio talk show. Stormy Davis with us. Ned Reynolds, our sports roustabout. Stormy, it is time <laughs> for our asylum update. Oh, we had a bye weekend this week, and so good time for the guys to get some rest and, and rehab and everything else. I got some much-needed rest for sure and a little relaxation with the family yesterday. So, But, yeah, another game coming up this Saturday. 7 p.m. out at Cy Sports in Nixa. They're on AA right off of the highway. Out towards Summers at the River, just one line past there, and uh, it's going to be a good game. Well, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> the last two have been good for us anyway, you know. Who especially you that last one, 112 to 14. Um, but this week we've got a team out of the Kansas City area in Kansas. And, of course, my draw complete blank on the <laughs> <laughs> which goes, it's it's kind of a weekly tradition, but um, yeah, I'm able to pick out that one question that you don't know the <laughs> I'm answer like going, to. Oh God, this is he's what got I everything written down on a piece of paper, all nice and neat, and I'm I just spoil that. What is week. the name of your league again? It is the IDFL, the Impact Developmental Football League. Okay, this is the Kansas City Impact Developmental Football League club. Okay, <laughs> is that what right. it is? Hey, okay, if the, if the Washington, it's a Washington knockoff. We got, we've team. got a computer here in front of us. Let's look. It no, up. It's, Let's it's, see what we get. We're um, going to have a good game, and one of the big highlights of this game is that we have a player who will be having his 150th consecutive semi-pro start. Uh, Joe Helms, who is one of our offensive linemen, we've uh, known for a long time. Played for the Wolfpack. Played for the uh, Voodoo here in the town. Voodoo. The Voodoo, very short-lived arena team here, but also. 
played several seasons for the uh, four state fusion down out of Joplin, and Joe is just a phenomenal player. He's got a collection what position of does he rings. play? He has been a uh, he's been the nose tackle. He's tackle. He's been a uh, offensive line center, and a couple times they've even tried lately to use him as a running back because of the size and try to power through, but didn't really what hang is on for his a size. Joe is about six foot uh, one, six two, and about uh, 295, 300 pounds. So I mean, he's a monstrously big the fellow. The fridge coming in, and he play. can, yeah. He, but he's very good. He, he moves really well for as many years as he's been playing, and uh, just really does a phenomenal job for the team. And kind of the kind of the old man player on the team, if you will, a little bit because of his experience. Pleasant Hill Steam is that it? The Pleasant Hill Steam. That's it. The Steam. That's right. All right. Sorry, okay. but that's just not a name that really pops up into your head when you go into a football naming is the steam. But when it's 95 degrees at kickoff time, it's going to be steamy, steam. yeah. <laughs> exactly. But we've had a great time. We've got a couple of food trucks going to be out there for the fans, and uh, it, it's always been a nice time so far. Okay, guys, we're going to play a little bit of trivia with you here. It's Let's not, do it. It's not really trivia. It's just awareness of things. Okay. You guys are familiar with the Topps Baseball Card Company. Yes. Oh, yes. It's one yep. of the most iconic companies in the world. The previous record had been over a 24-hour period for sales, 19,000 Vladimir Guerrero of the Toronto Blue Jays mm-hmm. when he was with Toronto. His, his uh, baseball card that Topps put out sold over 19,000 in one day. That was the record. The record was obliterated yesterday with a new card that came out, 51,000 sales and more, orders included, all for the newest Baseball card that Topps put out set a, a record. And they're terribly pleased by it, of course. Who wouldn't be? Who do you suppose it was? Dr. Fauci. That's right. You saw that story, didn't no, you? No, I didn't. I uh, The the <laughs> funny thing was I saw the pitch and I saw how terrible, <laughs> for, poor guy. And I know that I probably wouldn't do any better. And I play baseball for a long time. But I know I just get out there with the nerves and I'd slide into some guy's crotch like that one guy did. But I saw somebody yesterday was talking about it and they said, you know, Top should do a baseball card of that. Oh, and, they did. and and so <laughs> yeah. just a wild guess, they did. And so they that's, did uh, and it was the picture the picture that they have on the card is him throwing out the pitch at the Washington Nationals game, which was what last Thursday or Thursday. Yeah, Friday. Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have that on there. Now it doesn't show where the ball's going, but it does show him <laughs> letting letting him go with the ball. But his his Baseball card over fifty one thousand. So oh my gosh, have I you did. ever have you ever done that? Have you ever thrown out a first pitch twice? How'd it go for Springfield Cardinals games? Once, <laughs> the first year I did it was twenty oh five, and I got out there and I thought, well, I don't remember how old I was at the time, but old. <laughs> I got out there, towed the rubber. My buddy Kirk Elmquist was the catcher. Yep. I threw it low and inside and got past him. It was not, I thought I was really going to throw fast and all that, show these people that <laughs> I'm a stud and all that. It was a terrible pitch. The last time I threw one was last year, last summer. Mm-hmm. And I got out there, and uh, the, the guy who was doing the catching was a warm up pitcher, one of their mm-hmm. relief pitchers. And I said, hey, hey, buddy. Let me toss just a little bit to you. So I did, warmed up a little bit. And he got out there, caught, came time for me to throw it. And I thought, God, I can't throw another wild pitch. I just can't throw one. So I lobbed it up to home plate, and it didn't reach home plate. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever done it? I never have. I never have. But 
with with no rotator cuff in my right arm right now, I'd I'd it'd go right into the ground. I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I'm modest <laughs> about that. When I coached, the one thing that I one of the things I really hated to do is when the catcher wasn't ready and they needed somebody to go out and catch our kids. And I would go out there and and my fat butt would get behind home plate and of course the the kids always wanted to show how strong they were so boom right one would always hit me in the leg or the knee or something and you can't show any pain so you just they'd always go by me and you have to go pick them up and throw them up and there's about 30 to 40 parents sitting there watching your fat butt sweat and try to catch these things till a catcher runs out and you can get it all started oh yeah (laughs) oh gosh yes yes that that can happen so have you been we've talked about a little bit about about baseball have you been how have you feel to have it back well delighted yeah i must tell you because i am a baseball fan personally and it does give us an attention geiger that you can follow uh something on which to look and and to mount some interest guys i said this on this show before and on on tv as well that when everything shut down back in march when Everything was collapsed and closed and all this sort of thing. I mentioned the fact that I'm not sure this is a great idea. Yes, I understand you're slowing the spread of the virus, and there is no cure for the virus. There's no vaccine, but you're also damaging the American psyche, and I'm not sure that that is not more harmful than the virus might be. This is coming from a novice. I don't know anything about it, but when you close everything to which the public has identified, not just in sports, but entertainment, anything, and our lifestyle, that is not a good thing. It is not, not a good, good at all. So to have baseball back and then to have, um, well, NASCAR and golf, but then you'll have the NBA and the hockey beginning a little bit later on this week. Uh, hopefully this will re-energize some of the psyche of America and and help with a little bit. I'm not even so sure, guys, we're going to take this into the political realm, that some of the uh, social disturbances that we've had haven't been brought about by the disruption in what we do on, mm. on a regular basis. That's, that's a personal opinion. I don't know. Well, I like. I always thought sports is one of those things that should remain as pure as possible, and and try to stay away from the political realms of things, and that should be an escape for people. You know, we if you want to hear about that stuff, there's plenty of places you can tune into it. So I was thrilled that baseball was coming back. I was not thrilled that uh, a lot of political things are being tossed into the mix there. I I just that's what I liked about last year is some of it was in football, but baseball still seemed fairly pure last year, and was hoping for that to be back that way this year, but. Still trying to get that out, but I am very happy to have sports back in that fashion, and hopefully especially since it is our national pastime. Yeah, you know, last week I always do a Facebook question on my Facebook page, mm-hmm. Joe Weston, and, and my question last week was, what sport are you, since everything's starting all at once, more or less, what sport are you most looking forward to? And overwhelmingly, the response was football. Mm-hmm. Everybody really, really wanted to see football. I was going to answer back. monster trucks, but I figured you'd give me a hard time about it. So, <laughs> well, you, you know. have to understand, football has superseded baseball as uh, number one on the popularity scale. That doesn't mean that baseball is, is fading, in my opinion. But in terms of capturing the national attention, it happens only one time a week, where baseball is every day, and you have divided your attention that way. But yes, I can understand where people, and I not understand, I would be one of them. If the football season is totally disrupted oh, in, in any way, well, you saw what happened with the NFL strikes uh, that happened a couple times. 
that, that just that is just not acceptable. I understand it. Understand why things would happen because of the virus. That I do understand, but I also know fully well that the public, the public concentrates and uses this escape valve in a very mm-hmm. positive way. Yes, and that is disrupted. Well, I think we've already seen that it is partially disrupted in the fact that we have no preseason NFL football games. It right. doesn't bother me a ton because I don't really care for those games anyway because, you know, it's one quarter, two quarters, then nobody plays, and then the fourth game it's kind of two quarters and they're out. So, you know, you really don't gauge what the guys, what the team is actually going to be like from any of those games. Uh, I think baseball for me, I love the preseason baseball. I don't, it's just fun to sit down and start a game and then just get up and leave because by the seventh or eighth inning, when it was three to two at one point, it's 14 to six, and there's a bunch of guys wearing 99 and 98, 97 as numbers. So, but it, there is that slight disruption already gone on, going on in the NFL. I'm not so sure, Joe, that the no exhibition games. Now I, excuse me. I think I think it may be reduced to one starting next year. Yeah, if there are any, and this is more a test than anything else. And what leads me to believe that is that the NFL was very quick to chop it to two this year. Then they offered one, and within hours, they took the one away and said none. Yeah. So obviously, this is not a big deal. The players didn't want to play any. Yep. They don't get paid. They get a per diem, which is yep, what, $125 a day or something like that. But that's it. And you're risking injury and all that sort of thing. One exhibition game might help with the rhythm, but so would the scrimmages that they have. And they're not even able to have them this year. Be interesting to see uh, about injuries this season, how that's going to no preseason affects injuries as the uh, season goes along. So well, just anxious to see what that happens with all that. Well, guys, thanks for being with us. Thanks, Stormy. Hey, good one. Good As always, you, you can uh, check up on the asylum. They have a Facebook page, I assume. Yeah, check up on the – we're on Facebook, Queen City Insane Asylum Football, and that's where you get all your news and updates. Ned and Talk has a news. Facebook page, too, yes, as well. We do. Stormy takes care of that for us, too. Ned, you have a Facebook page? How do you spell Facebook? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. I barely got used on Twitter. It is what he did. All right. We'll see you next Monday night. It's Have a Ned great Talk week. on 104.7 The Cave.